On this episode of Crypto Over Coffee, we're talking about three ecosystems that you need to watch in a crypto bull market, which I believe we are in in 2024, at least the beginnings of one. And I'm going to share with you what those ecosystems are, why I think they are going to have a really, really nice time in a crypto bull market, and also how you might be able to action on this information, not necessarily by aping into coins, but mostly by continuing your research and factoring this into your crypto strategy. So make sure you get subscribed, hit the follow button, and let's go ahead and get started. The first cryptocurrency ecosystem that I wanna talk about here, and when I say ecosystem, I basically mean a chain or a set of chains that centers around a community or a community that centers around a handful of chains. It's kind of cyclical. The first one that I wanna to point to that I don't think en enough people are really thinking about is base and that is base the coinbase base so this layer two for ethereum is built by and launched by coinbase and people often make their decision about whether they like base or whether they would ever use it based on their feelings about coinbase coinbase is one of those companies that's either loved or hated and there are a lot of people who really dislike coinbase because of in my opinion some historical things that Coinbase has done or has not done, and people get very frustrated by it, uh, and people bash the first mover a lot. Look at Ethereum, for example. So what I want to say about Base is this. While I have had my own qualms with Coinbase in years past, and while I don't think Coinbase is a perfect company, I think Coinbase has proven itself in a couple of different ways. Number one, Coinbase has been first to bat and continued to go to bat for the crypto ecosystem in the U.S. And also, to be honest with you, in other regions as well. And that means advocating for sensible regulation, fighting against ridiculous oversteps on behalf of regulators and lawmakers, and really being in the mix, keeping everyone in the loop. And I think that should earn some trust from the community. Now, that's separate from the base chain. And let's talk about that now. Now, the base chain sort of has all the things you would imagine from an Ethereum layer two. It has low fees. It's focused on um, assets living in the big liquidity pool that is the Ethereum ecosystem. And base itself right now does not have a ton of different coins in it. There is no native base token, which I'll get to in a second. Stick with me. Base, however, has all of the ingredients for an extremely, extremely big explosion and activity in a full-on crypto bull market. Now, let's talk about three main reasons why. Number one, and the most important part of this, is that Base has built-in user base, a built-in user base. And that is the users that are primarily in retail that use Coinbase already. Coinbase is a huge pillar in the retail cryptocurrency exchange, fiat on and off ramps, and it also has native wallet integrations that are just getting better. There was a recent announcement about the uh, non-custodial smart wallet, which basically takes away a lot of the UX issues with using smart contract-based wallets for users. And so the focus of this, this launch is by no accident. It's preparing for a bull market to onboard a lot of people onto 
Ethereum-based chains, but more and more so onto base. And so I would imagine, and I would guess, and I'm sort of giving you my thesis, that I believe that base is going to start to become a hotbed for meme coins, for DeFi, for NFTs to an extent, but mostly the first two. And no matter what you think about meme coins, it is in sort of the zeitgeist right now. Everyone is interested in meme coins. Meme coins bring retail to the market for better or for worse. So not advocating that you go buy them, but it's something you should think about. Look at previous bull markets. You can almost see the activity around retail and you know the presence of retail when meme coins start to build and meme coins start to grow. And that's something that I think you're gonna see on base. Now, again, there's very limited activity on base right now in terms of different coins, but if you think about what Coinbase brings to the table, they bring a an army of retail users. And if you remember in the previous bull market, Coinbase became the number one app in the app store. Now, at that point in time, you're probably thinking this is the top and you're probably correct. But right now we haven't seen the influx of retail users into crypto yet. And I think when they come in, if they want to get exposure to the Ethereum ecosystem, they have to do it through layer twos because fees are so high. Onboarding is the exact thing that makes their ease of onboarding and ease of UX is exactly what gets people into the space and keeps people there as long as there's opportunity in something like DeFi or access to different coins. So I think as base continues to build up interesting applications, interesting DeFi primitives and interesting coins start launching there, retail's first step is largely going to be on base because Coinbase is going to direct them there. And it makes perfect sense why they would do that. And we have an example from history about how something like this can play out in a really positive way for early adopters on one of these exchange tied chains. Just look at Binance and Binance Smart Chain. That particular blockchain, in my opinion, had very, very little benefit over Ethereum short of lower fees at the time. And it had a lot of trade-offs with regard to, you know, decentralization, validator, uh, validator decentralization, etc. Retail didn't really care. They came in through Binance as exchange customers, made their way to the Binance smart chain, and you saw a ton of activity there and a ton of projects building there. And I think the same thing could happen on base. Now people talk about, well, Coinbase is gonna be more careful than that because Coinbase is in an environment that's less regulatory friendly or maybe you would argue uh, where there is actual tangible regulatory activity right now. Uh, sure, that might be the case. They may be a little more careful. I think that's probably why they haven't launched a coin on base. There is no native base cryptocurrency yet. There could be one. Now, the thing is, is that I still believe that Coinbase would not have launched base unless it believed that it could, in a legal sense, direct users there and that is part of the strategy. And we know that strategy can work as we have the Binance, Binance Smart Chain uh, historical reference to say something like this has precedent, it can work. That is a base case for me that it is possible. Now, is it likely? I personally think so because I think all of the conditions are in place for it to succeed. Low fees, deep connectivity to the Ethereum ecosystem, and extreme use of ease of access for users and user friendliness in the smart wallet, the retail application, Coinbase wallet, all of these things together are a recipe for potential success. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, you should be, 
using base because they're going to airdrop a, a coin on base. Now, that's not a guarantee. So you have to also think about it. If you are one of those people who believes that the regulatory environment is what's keeping base from succeeding, then you probably can't be in the same camp saying that they're going to launch a native coin. That could be part of the strategy to delineate from historical examples like Binance and say, we're not launching a coin. This is a community thing. Everyone in the community is free to build on base. We're kind of keeping our hands off. We created the environment. We let everyone else do the building and create the economic value. We as Coinbase are not going to do it. And I actually think that's probably the case. Could they still launch a coin in the future? Potentially, if these court cases that are going on with the SEC and others go that way, go in Coinbase's favor and in the favor of the crypto space in general, I would say there's a fair chance that they do launch a coin, but it's wide open. And I wouldn't just be using base in order to speculate that there's going to be some kind of coin. I would be going into base trying to find opportunities that are somewhat untapped ahead of a retail influx. That is my personal belief. The last thing I want to say is there are a lot of people who criticize and say base will not succeed because Coinbase is this big corporation now. They're publicly traded. They have a board. They can't move as fast. And I will tell you my experience, Not I've not worked at Coinbase, but I've worked with people at Coinbase and I have friends who work at Coinbase, actually quite a few of them. And it maybe used to operate like that, but it definitely doesn't operate like that now. Simply the launch of base tells you that they are completely different in the way they operate than they may have used to be or when they got that reputation for being you know, slow moving or uh, being very corporate, etc. It's very startup like inside Coinbase. Look at that smart wallet project that was just launched that I mentioned earlier, the, the UX focused project that they just launched for onboarding users to base, mind you, primarily. That project, if you go look at the GitHub, that project was basically created and completed into a V1, right? To an MVP, which just recently launched in a little over three months, if you go look at the commit history. And that tells you they are creating ideas, they are creating a team around them, and then they are launching them. They're shipping stuff, which kind of goes against that idea that Coinbase is too fast, they're not fast enough, they're going to have to deal with a bunch of board nonsense. They're going to have to get permission. They're going to do all this stuff, and it's not. they're not going to launch anything. I think right now we're seeing things that, that point to a completely counter-argument to that one. So I would bear that in mind when you're giving your, your valuation of whether base could be successful. Now, there are, of course, valid criticisms. There are people who could say, well, why would someone choose base over all the other layer twos that are in the Ethereum space? That's fair. I would argue that retail will probably come in through Coinbase as they traditionally have, and that will be their first gateway into the Ethereum space is through base. But it could happen another way as well. It's hard to prognosticate for sure. You know, others might say the regulatory environment is going to stop them from doing anything tangible. Eh, yeah, that's possible. So again, you have to weigh these options and think about how you'd action this. For me personally, I think there's no harm whatsoever in bridging some assets over to base and just getting involved and watching that space as things evolve, as the market continues to heat up, just getting in the mix in the base world. So that's my first ecosystem to watch. I think that all the ingredients are there for base to be very successful. And I'd like to hear what you think in the comments. Are you in the camp that says, absolutely, base is where it's at? Or are you thinking, uh, it's never going to get off the ground? I'm out. So let me know what you think. 
The second ecosystem I want to talk about is Avalanche. And Avalanche, not just in general, but Avalanche specifically for gaming. Now, everyone talks about Solana for gaming. A lot of people talk about Immutable X for gaming. A lot of people talk about different blockchains for gaming. <clears throat> but I think, actually, Avalanche is in a pretty good position for gaming, not just because they have a pretty large um, sort of business arm that's helping incubate good gaming projects. They have some people in the, in the uh, Avalanche ecosystem that have backgrounds in gaming and have, are well-networked in gaming. I think that's going to play into it. And not only because they have a huge tranche of money set aside to incubate gaming projects, but I think from a technology perspective, they have a really compelling offer for gaming projects. And that's why you see hot projects like Beam, for example, late last year going into the Avalanche space, among others. So why Avalanche for gaming? And what technology do I think is setting the stage for gaming to be successful in Avalanche? It's subnets. And subnets, for those who are not familiar, is the sort of app chain concept or application chain concept in Avalanche. You sort of have the, the main chain, the Avalanche blockchain, where people you know, obviously do a lot of the, the stuff that you would see, you know, DeFi, etc. But then you also have uh, sh uh, sort of maybe not sharded chains. You could call them sharded chains if you wanted to. Um, but these subnets are basically uh, separated but connected uh, blockchains. These are se sort of separate but connected networks that allow for increased scalability and some degree of separation from the rest of the network. They have um, distinct validator sets in many cases, uh, selected validator sets. They have uh, separated uh, throughput rail, basically. So for a game, if you think about it, when the rest of the chain is congested, say there's a new DeFi project that everyone's getting in on, it's not going to be acceptable for your game's users to be subject to longer wait times, which affects gameplay, or incredibly high fees, which affect the in-game economy significantly. And so subnets create an environment for games or a portfolio of games to create a separate but still connected uh, blockchain for them to operate on. And that scalability sets the stage for games to function the way that they are really intended to. The movement of in-game assets, the facilitation of uh, in-game trades, potentially random item generation and issuance to users in a game. And that's why you're starting to see projects like Beam, who are incubating a bunch of different games. Uh, Mirai, which I think is really focused on um, uh, mobile gaming. There are projects now that are sort of making that plunge, taking the plunge, and looking at Avalanche. Now, I'm not bringing up a couple of coins that tend to not do that in these videos because when I say any coin, people go and they say, oh, well, should I be buying that? I don't want you to take that type of action from videos that I post. I want you to take the overarching theory that I'm giving you and use that to do research, to springboard off, find coins that you think make sense given that thesis if you agree with it. So not everyone is going to. And everyone in this space is right about some things, wrong about some things. This is my perspective. I'd like you to formulate your own. So please don't go buy the coins just because I brought them up, I'm giving you examples. Now, the Avalanche space also has a, a, an advantage in the sense that it's connected very deeply to the rest of the Ethereum virtual machine or EVM world. And it means that people can move assets readily from Ethereum, 
and Polygon, and in years past, Phantom, and Ethereum Layer 2s. There are a lot of ways for people to move liquidity into the Avalanche space and the subnets within it. And liquidity for gaming in particular really will matter. People want to play the game. You're obviously going to have to bring some resources in to get in-game items. Maybe there'll be ways to start without any resources, but history, historically speaking, that's not the case. Look at Axie Infinity. I digress. But Avalanche has that advantage as well. So not only do you have the technological foundations in subnets where I think you're going to see more and more games going that route, say, I don't want to share uh, the, the resources of a network with the rest of the world and with DeFi, I want this chain to be all about my game or all, all about my games, plural. And I think you're going to see more projects doing that. So Avalanche, if you're an interest, if you're someone who's saying, hey, listen, gaming is going to be one of the big narratives of 2024, 2025, then Avalanche should be something that you focus some research time on, looking at it foundationally and saying, does this make sense for the type of gaming projects that I'm interested in? Because there are different niches as well in gaming, right? There are the AAA game title type of projects like the Star Atlases of the world. And then there are like mobile games where they're sort of meant to be more casual in nature. So where are you in that spectrum? And what do you think people are going to do uh, with the information that's available out there? So Avalanche for gaming, something that I think is relatively compelling. And again, I'm not going to go through a list of projects because I don't want people to go and just go go and buy those projects without thinking about this. But what do you think? Let me know in the comments. Shoot me a post on X at Hashoshi4. Do you think Avalanche is going to be successful in the gaming space? Or do you think other chains like Solana are going to take all of the wind out of the sails for other projects in gaming? Let me know what you think. Speaking of Solana, that is actually the subject of the last ecosystem. And, you know, this is another one that's contentious. A lot of people dislike Solana. A lot of people think Solana is hot garbage. A lot of people criticize Solana's reliability because they have had outages. And you know what? I'm in that camp. I think the outages need to be fixed. They need to prioritize foundational technological solutions. They need to figure out how to function long-term without any subsidies around fees. They need to deal with all of these foundational things, client diversity at the base layer for the chain, reliability, all of that stuff. Totally agree. Putting that aside for a moment and just thinking about this from a market perspective, putting aside personal feelings about Solana as a blockchain or Solana as a community, let's think about the behavior of the market. This video is about not necessarily ecosystems you're in deep love with, but ecosystems you, we think are going to do well in a bull market. And I think it's hard to argue that for some of the same reasons as I talked about for base, Solana is primed to do really well in this bull market. And you've already seen at the very beginning of it, meme coins on Solana, DeFi on Solana, airdrops on Solana, getting so much attention. And the reason why they're getting so much attention is because number one, it's super easy to use. Number two, the average user actually doesn't care about outages. And a lot of times they don't really care about decentralization, uh, reliability at the base layer. These things are ancillary to the main goal, which is people want to be degenerates and make money. They want to use DeFi. They want to have fun. They want to buy NFTs. They want to buy a phone that allows them to get airdrops. That is what motivates a lot of retail users in crypto and actually a lot of established crypto people as well that aren't as connected to the original ethos of it. They're more connected to the, the sort of degen 
gambling side, okay? And I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. Everyone likes and wants to make money. So that's what we're focusing on with Solana, right? I think that Solana has a lot of the ingredients that it needs to really succeed and continue to take DeFi market share from Ethereum. And Ethereum maximalist people will say, nope, that's that's temporary. Ethereum is gonna, you know, deliver on its roadmap and they're, you know, they're it's still gonna be number one. It might be, but I think that Solana and others, to be honest, are going to start taking more market share. They're going to start climbing the ranks, get getting much closer to you know Ethereum at its peak in the last round. And Ethereum could lose the top spot for a consistent period of time. And I don't think that's necessarily the end of the world. But if you think about it, there are many reasons why. Number one, the biggest thing is ease of use and low fees. People know how easy it is to use Solana. Even if you've barely been in the crypto space, you just you just get the basics, you can use Solana. Now, I'm not saying you won't make mistakes, you will, but Solana's user experience is undeniably pretty strong on the L1. And a big part of that is also fees. People who want to, you know, dive in headfirst into a new speculative coin, they want to, you know, maybe buy $40 worth of some meme coin, it's you know small risk reward, no big deal. You can't really do that on Ethereum because that $40 that you're going to spend to, you know, ape in on Uniswap is actually going to cost you $40 for the coin and $40 for the swap. And that's sometimes being generous if I'm being honest about the fees. And so Solana, when you're paying pennies for those fees, it just means DeFi is that much easier. Now, do you sacrifice in other ways? You know, maybe there's reliability issues, you know, maybe uh, you have a problem at, you know, with the way Solana operates. You don't really like the whole culture. Okay, that's fine. But if you think about it from a retail user's perspective, and that's what we're thinking about right now, retail users want ease of use, they want low fees, and they want as much op opportunity to make profit as possible. And there's just a lot of activity on Solana. There are a lot of people building on Solana, and that is hard to, to dispute. So if you think about it from that perspective and you look at Solana, especially in DeFi, that is a big one, right? DeFi is a place where it becomes the lifeblood of the culture of your chain because even NFT projects, gaming projects, they have fungible tokens people want exposure to. New projects launch, people want to jump right in. New meme coins get created, people want to dive in. And that all happens through DeFi. And liquidity is king. So if Solana, regardless of its issues, can capture more and more and more liquidity, particularly from retail, and let's be real, venture and institutions will likely also be interested in this in this area. You could see Solana doing really, really, really well as a holistic ecosystem. There's going to be lots of rug pulls like there are in every bull market. There's going to be lots of projects that that raise and fail fast, like horrendously fast that aren't necessarily rug pulls, but are just poorly structured projects that got way too much funding, you know, there's going to be a lot of that. But I think that Solana will do really well in a full-fledged bull market. And we've seen just a taster of that in the the run-up to the Ethereum ETF, or sorry, the Bitcoin ETF. The Ethereum ETF is a whole different story. We talked about in, la in last week's episode of Crypto Over Coffee. So if you're interested in the Ethereum ETF, what that looks like, go back and watch last week's show because uh, we've talked at length about the Ethereum space. So again, I'm looking at base for the general retail users, 
Solana for the general retail users, specifically in DeFi and meme coin world, and then looking at Avalanche for the gaming exposure as well. And these are three ecosystems that I think could do well in 2024 and 2025, assuming we get that full-fledged bull market, we get capital inflow, not just from institutions, but from retail. That is going to be the key. And again, for anyone who's looking to action on this information, there are pretty much three steps to doing that. Number one, I want you to think deeply and critically about what I said, my perspective. What are some of the things that go in favor of my theory and go against my theory that I didn't even mention that you thought of that I didn't think of when I was making this video? Because I do these all off the cuff, all off the brain. What are those things? Do you agree or disagree with my theory? If you disagree with my theory, you should leave it to the side and focus your efforts and your brain power somewhere else to strategize. Number two, if you agree, I think this theory holds water. I'm going to move on that. The next thing you should do is go and start researching the chain. If you're not super familiar with Avalanche or subnets, read up on it. Understand how it works, why it's set up the way it is. How does this apply to gaming? Deepen your knowledge and then start looking at coins, right? Figure out which coins in this world really fit this theory now, which what's going to validate the thesis. If, if this does happen, which coins are going to benefit and set up a plan to keep researching as new projects get launched. What do I need to do? Do I need to follow certain X accounts? Do I need to get into some discords? What do I need to do to keep my ear to the ground on this space? And then the last thing is you need to create a strategy. You need to have a strategy for what you're going to buy and when, and when you're going to sell and why and how much you're going to sell at what level of profit and what you're going to do to cut your losses. If you're losing money on a trade and you don't want to write it down to zero, where do you cut, cut it loose and try again? Those are the things you need to do. And I have a whole video about how to create a crypto strategy, which I'm really excited about. Actually, I think it's really good value. Uh, it's worth your time. Uh, it's in podcast form and video form, and I will leave it in a link in the description. The last thing I want to say is, if you want to get your crypto news fix every single week, there is a written form um, email list that I've created that I think is also really valuable. It's completely free. So if you're interested, please sign up for that. It takes two seconds to do. And I really, really thank you in advance for that. So with that being said, thank you very much for sticking around for this episode of Crypto Over Coffee. I really appreciate you. Hope you and your family have a great rest of the weekend. And until next time, cheers.